Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jags Across the Pond podcast, episode 17. I'm Jamie, and today we welcome back Robson. Robson, how you been, mate? Mate, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, been very tied up with numerous things, but yeah, glad to get back on with you today. Uh, work's been mental, but this stuff's been helping me through lockdown, so glad to get back on board with you, mate, and uh, give you a helping hand, because it's stuck you in at the deep end on your Todd. So uh, yeah, happy to be back with you, mate. How have you been? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. Good to have you back. Like you say, it relieves a bit of the, the pressure off me, but like you say, work comes first of everything. So um, back to business as usual now then. Today, we bring you our preview for the Steelers game. This week, we're playing the Steelers, who are 9-0, and leaders of the AFC. They're the only undefeated team in the league. Robson is going to kick us off with the history between the two teams. I'll then review the Steelers' season so far. We will then bring you our predictions and if and how we could potentially challenge the Steelers this week. And then we're going to end with our overall score predictions. So, Robson, would you like to kick us off with some history stats between the two teams? Yeah, of course, mate. So, obviously, this is a it's a bit of a weird one looking into the research of this one. And obviously, going back to, uh, obviously, when we first became a franchise in 95 onwards, we've had some very, very close matchups with the, uh, the Steelers. Um, it's a rivalry that the Jags are actually on top of, which caught me by surprise when I checked it. Uh, we actually currently sit at a 14-12 and 12 record um, against the Steelers, uh, which just blew me away, really. Um, and I was a bit surprised at that, actually, in terms of how everything's gone on, especially over the last 10 years, as we keep, uh, as we keep documenting. But, um, yeah, we sit at a 14-12 record. Most recently was our home loss, 20-16, when Ben Roethlisberger dove in right at the end uh, and took away the victory for us, but we did seemingly have uh, in the bag, um, obviously under Blake Bortles at the time, that didn't go down too well. But before that, everyone will know the, uh, the win previous to that was uh, the um, the playoff game against them, where we blew them out of the water, really. Uh, and we absolutely dominated um, them overall, which was kind of a surprise at the time, although we did blow them out earlier in that season. So they were back-to-back wins in the same year. But yeah, we went really smash them although the score didn't tell it was 45-42 we we kind of did dominate them and they were behind the eight ball quite a lot in that matchup which was a massive surprise to me um but after the two wins against them in, uh, in 2017 that's the last time that the Jags have won since but obviously before then the Jags went on an 11 year streak without a victory against the Steelers which seemed to be a bit of a mad one really uh, if you look at it that way um there's been a long while uh, under Jack Del Rio, I believe, was the last uh, head coach of the team, which just shows how long ago it was uh, at home to get the win. Um, in terms of points scored, the Jags, again, somehow outweigh them uh, with 514 points to the Steelers, 475. But just looking back at the history of the of the matchup, there's been some very odd scores over the years. Obviously, offences and defences change over time in terms of the years, but there's been many games where We've absolutely had a stormer and obviously vice versa to them. But yeah, as I just said about like the last home victory we had against the Steelers uh, was actually a 9-0 nine, uh, nine win, uh, which is a, kind of a weird one, to be honest with you. It does seem like the most uneventful game ever. So I'm really hoping that we get a better uh, a better showing this weekend at, at TIA Bank Stadium. Um, and I think it's, yeah, on that note, I think it's a positive one. I don't think... It, that record is going to stay like that for much longer where we're above 500 against them, which is uh, quite a shock with that one. But I think overall, uh, fairly happy with that. And obviously the last 
two out of the last three have been very successful in terms of the wins. And obviously, the last outing, uh, we got defeated at home, which was uh, a bit of a pain that side. But I know you're going to go into the uh, how the Steelers are getting on this year, obviously, being the only undefeated team left in the league. Um, how are they looking uh, in terms of comparing up against us, mate? Yeah, it's not very good reading. But firstly, I'd just like to say I'd, I think I'd put my house on that the game is not going to finish 9-0 this weekend. <laughs> Jags have definitely been unpredictable, but they're definitely not 9-0 predictable. Um, so, yeah, definitely I'd put my house on that one not happening this week. But, yeah, let's have a quick look at the, the Steelers this season then. So the Steelers, obviously, as we keep on saying, are 9-0 in the NFL. Um, all of their games have actually been pretty close, bar two. Um, so the Browns, they they went out and beat them 38-7. And then the Bengals last week, they beat them 36-10. But all the other games have been pretty much within a score. And games where they should have should have won by quite a high scoreline, they, they didn't really. And they kind of played down to the level of that team. So that is our hope for the week. So... But my example for that would have been the Cowboys game. I think that was three weeks ago now when they went out and beat them 24-19. But I know Cowboys was leading for quite a bit of that game. So maybe we'll see the Steelers play down to our level and just beat us on a bit of game management, which we'll take. We'll happily take the loss, providing we stay competitive and we stay pretty close. And within a score would be great for us. But looking at the top line for them then, so who are their big hitters? Obviously, we all know about Big Ben. Um, 2,267 yards he has threw for this year, 66.8% completion rate, which is on an average 253 yards a game. 253 yards ain't massively high, isn't massively great. However, he does know how to play the game very well. But very similar to Aaron Rodgers in regards to the game management skills that he's got, knows how to, to go out and get those victories, get the hard counts on teams, he knows when's right to make a passing play, play action, etc., etc. Leading rusher for the Steelers is James Connor. He is leading with 556 yards and five touchdowns on the season. And then just behind that, they have Benny Snell Jr. with 180 yards and two touchdowns. So a lot of their workload does come down to James Connor in their running game. Looking at the receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster has found his form again and he is leading receiver with 516 yards and a total of five touchdowns. But then just behind him is actually their rookie Chase Claypool with 500 yards and seven touchdowns. So he's having a great year for the Steelers. Then Deontay Johnson, 426 yards and four touchdowns. And then a notable mention to Erica Bron. Been around for a few years, playing tight end for the Steelers now, 323 yards and three touchdowns. So as I read those stats out there, that was four big receiving players. It goes to show that they do like to play, go for going out and play for these big plays. So um, Big Ben can happily throw 50, 60 yards, catch our secondary off guard and get in for those big plays and big scores like what happened last week against the Packers when we just snooped a couple of times and allowed them to score. I forgot to mention um, Ben Roethlisberger is, is 22 touchdowns on the season and only four interceptions, and he's only been sacked 10 times. So briefly, quickly looking at the defence side of the ball this year and how they've got on, um, and this is where it gets a little bit scary. Their defence is looking fantastic. They sit in the top 10 for 
almost every stat for the defence this year. Their main linebacker, Vince Williams, with 49 tackles, three sacks, but 14.5 tackle for losses. Absolutely incredible number there. Then second, we have TJ Watt, notable mention here, nine sacks and 15.5 tackle for losses and one interception. It's just absolutely crazy looking through the the Steelers defense. I probably could have picked out seven, eight of their players between the linebackers and the defensive ends that their stats are incredible. And just one just one player actually is better than the whole of the Jags stats, unfortunately. So as a team on their defense, they have recorded 36 sacks, 74 tackle for losses, 11 interceptions and eight forced fumbles. So that is an absolute beast of a defense this year. And I, I'm, I feel for the offense this week, I feel for Jake Luton, that O-line and the offense. And then final mention um, before we kind of look at how we could potentially beat that um, is Chris Boswell. 100% thrill goal completion rate this year, 14 out of 14 and 27 out of 30 extra points. So they're pretty consistent across the board. They have some great, great offensive players that can go out and win the games. Reason why they're 9-0, but their defence really, really steps up. So that's what we're competing against this week. So let's now we've digested that a little bit. What? What do you think the offence can and need to do this week, Robson, to go out and compete and stay in this game? And I don't know what your prediction is going to be, but maybe win or not lose so badly this week. Yeah, I think I think a big part of it, I think the weekend has gone with the Packers. That kind of threw everybody, especially me, because I thought we were going to get blown out of the water, really. But yeah. I think I think with the Steelers, it's a different kettle of fish. You just mentioned those stats there from the defence. It's a... It's, just, it's a formidable task for us to go up against it. Although our offence is our main asset and also the best asset on the team, um, it's kind of a scary situation to to be in, if I'm honest. But there's only one way I think this team's going to get any success. And it's obviously through our main running back, uh, James Robinson, who we've advocated on this show as like being a really, really great player for us. And he's a show week in, week out that he's the man to stay uh, doing that job. And I know that Jay Gruden has come out this week also and stressed that Although it's really good how the Jags do seem to throw it quite a lot and you kind of spread the ball around to different players, the bulk of the work they want to go through is Robinson. They want to give him the ball, want to make sure that um, he's got plenty of time in there to, to keep creating gaps in the defence, trying to open that side of it up. And I think if, if we're going to get anywhere with it, I think that's the only way we're going to really try and work at breaking down this, this Steelers defence, which is unbelievable. Um, and it's quite scary thinking about it all uh, overall. Because uh, I know that Although the Steelers do rank ninth overall in yards allowed and also um, their first in touchdowns given up. So those two stats there kind of make me worry in terms of what I think is going to be the best uh, outcome. In terms of, as you said there, um, Jake Luton, I think he's got an impossible task this weekend. I think last week we saw some good things. We saw some bad things. I know that we've spoke about personally that it's, I don't need to be long until he's going to be out again. But I think going up against this defence is going to be a massive, massive task. And I think Gruden's really got to hit the nail on the head with his game planning. I know that a lot of people, like me and you as well, uh, have been quite critical about how he's gone about that recently. That's picked up with the running game, but some pass play calling has been very questionable at times. And we're trying to work out why we're not doing enough to get these really good receivers that we've got, get them open, as we've shown that 
Keelan Cole's hitting his stride. Chark's had a few good games here and there. Chenault, when he comes back in, is obviously a, a force to be reckoned with. So that side of it, in terms of the scheme, has got to be so much better for this weekend because they've got some great players, especially in their secondary. Obviously, we know their D-line. As you mentioned, their TJ Watt, who's probably one of the scariest people on the edge. Uh, so I think the key of it is to really try and play the Steelers at their own game, if I'm honest, because I know that with their core receivers that you might touch on, that I know when they watch them play, they throw a lot of screens, a lot of short passes, get the ball out quickly and try and make something with their receivers. I think we'd, we'd really benefit from going down that route. I think getting the ball out of Luton's hand because we've shown that he's not afraid of sitting in the pocket, but I think I think he misses his window of opportunity to get it to the man he wants to. And then that's where the problems do, uh, do come in. And I think the Steelers' pass would be more formidable than the Packers was. And we kind of made hard work of the Packers' pass rush at times. So I think getting the ball out to him quickly... Um, trying to make it hard for them at times. But I think we have got the game, obviously, with Chanel, if he can get fit, I know probably unlikely, but um, if he can get him fit, and obviously in the screen game and the short passing game, I think that's the best way that we're going to break them down. But I think overall, they've really got to try and pound the rock uh, with Robinson and really try and make sure that we've, we've set a basis of obviously where we want to go. Don't give up on the run too easily or too early, should I say. Um, we want to make sure he's pounding away. He's not far away from a thousand yard season, which he's definitely going to get. So, Confidence is going to be through the roof for him. Um, but also on the flip side of that, providing that the O-line is healthy. I know that um, there's talks of Linda coming back this weekend, which is massive news. I know Doug Marone said today that um, he normally has this as his day off, but he's going to be out there today or has been out there today um, going through some necessary protocols to obviously get him back for Sunday, which would be huge for us uh, with him trying to direct the O-line. And obviously, Cam Robinson went down against the Packers and there was talks about him not being fit so we could do with him being there because again I think he's been our best O-line uh, player this year uh, he's been very solid giving up very little pressures um, and obviously been tough to go past against and in terms of who he's gone up against already um, I think he's done a really good job so obviously this weekend to be nothing different in terms of that which overall I think as me and you both know I think we know in this game we're going to probably struggle this team's 9-0 they're looking very very comfortable as we just said off air um, they seem to match up pretty well with who they play. They don't really have a game plan and stick to it. They try and mould to what to what you seem to do best, uh, and they go with that. They try and uh, rely on their defence to get me good situations, and obviously their offence takes care of itself in that aspect. But um, I was going to go straight into my um, my previews for the offence, but um, I think it's a case just touching on before that. It's I think it's just overall the team has just got to collectively be together. The last few weeks have surprised me. I know the Texans probably got away from us. I thought we should have won that game. Uh, and last week, the Packers, that just totally surprised me. I saw some real fighting effort from the team. The offense was really, really good. Special teams and the defense showed up as well, which was great to see. And uh, for me, I think we're going to be against a much tougher much tougher opponent this week. But I think that we could really, really benefit um, just sticking together, sticking with the run, game planning effectively is the main thing from Jay Gruden, I think. Um, and obviously getting uh, people in the right areas for to throw at, although it could be a bit of a tricky task. But if they can make it as easy as they can for and get the ball out quickly, that should hopefully make a massive difference. So just a few previews for the offence this week that I've got. Um, I'm going to be quite uh, Robinson heavy on these, uh, purely because I think the whole the whole offence is going to revolve around him this week. Um, so definitely going to see another 100-yard game from him. I know it's tall order, but I think he's got the ability. He's a really tough cookie, really turns out his yards and I think he's gonna that's gonna lead into my next uh, prediction I think he's I think we're gonna see his most touches uh, in a game this week um, obviously the last two weeks we've seen him come in with 
22 and 25 touches respectively. Obviously, last week saw 23. I can see him going over 30 touches this week. I think they can really be patient with the with the run. I think they I think they back the run. They know that it's their strength. Obviously, with Luton going against this defense is a scary a scary thought. I think if we can get to that, it'd be great. And I think overall for an offense, I think total yards. If we can get around 300 total yards on the day, that would be a good. Um, a good place for me and I'll be very happy with that providing the performance comes with it because in terms of stats you look at the, who they've played before all the Steelers games have been close but um, that's not because of their their defence not really far and their defence has really restricted teams that they've played who seem to be very point heavy it's just their offence they're, they've not got a, a gun-ho offence like you see like the Chiefs have got etc etc where they just throw it for fun they're very strategic in how they go about it which obviously you'll probably touch on in the defensive section um, so I think overall if we can try and do that um, hopefully game plan is the big thing because I know that you get really ticked off with Jay Gruden. I think he's on the chopping block next with Todd Walsh with you. So I think he's got to try and get it right because otherwise it could be a, a tough day at the office. And I know that at home we, we've not been great against them, obviously. As I said earlier on, 2006 was the last home victory. Uh, so that's a that'd be nice to try and rub off, but just a, a great performance after last week. And obviously the last few weeks we've We've shown glimpses. We've put a complete performance together and hopefully get over the line and do something special. On the defence side of the ball, though, mate, what do you think? What's uh, what's going through your mind as you think about it this week? Yeah, to to lead in with your stats and to, to get what you want, you really need this defence to turn up this week. Oh, the first thing I want to say is um, why on earth are our coaches coming out in the middle of the week telling them we're going to go out and run the game? And that's either one of two reasons they're doing that. One, they're either extremely confident in Robinson is going to go out and absolutely annihilate them this week. And I don't know where their confidence is coming from because the Steelers on average um, allow 107 yards rushing right. per game. And that would mean that Robinson would have to get all of that himself. Or B, they're saying it as a ploy because they're going to be trying something else. We know Jay Gruden likes to try different things and with LaVisca Chenault coming back this week there might be a few other different things at their sleeve that they might want to try and we might see that crazy stuff that Doug Marone was talking about a few weeks back but I find it absolutely ridiculous that we've come out in the middle of the week and said we're going to trust our run game this week if that's what we're actually going to do I mean if we're going to do something else then great great coaching tactics what they've done there to kind of steer them away from kind of coming up against the run but you're giving a team that head start who are already 9-0. and if they, if they are generally going to go out and play heavy on the run game, you're giving a team 9-0 that extra time and they're going to waste more time researching how um, Robinson runs because we haven't really got any other threat at running back. Obviously, we've got Chris Thompson now out. He's been placed on injury reserves. I know we've got a couple of other players who can potentially come back in and um, slot into the running back position, but that they're not they're not guys who are who are kind of ready, fit and fighting to really fight against the Steelers' defence, like James Robinson. So we are putting a lot of pressure on James Robinson. But away from the negativity of the coaches again, you bring out the bad side of me. I don't talk about him when you're not here, but you make me bring up these coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Just let's, let's talk about the defence then. So if we want the if we want to have Robinson to have a great day. We want him to get 30 touches on the ball. We need to go out and make some early stops. We can't afford to go out 7-0 down on the first drive, 14-0 down drive two. We need to go out and do exactly what we did against the Green Bay Packers. We need to stop them from scoring on their first drive, then stop them from scoring on the second, 
then maybe let them have a field goal on the third or fourth drive. But the key to allowing Robinson to play his game would be our defence to put stops, put three and outs, four and outs on to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, That's a lot easier said than done. And yeah, that's a standard, basic, common game plan. Um, But that's what that's the only thing we can do, because letting Robinson kind of run the game all day would will obviously mean that their offence is not on the field as much with their offence not being on the field as much. That means that they're not going to be able to rack up the stats and obviously score as many points. So the big the big thing here, the big point here is we, we're going to go into this game with a bit of confidence and a bit of swag in our defence, actually, because we, we played really well last week and we played good the week before as well. And actually, it was a couple of slip ups um, that cost us the game, which you're going to expect to get from a, a team full of rookies. I was really impressed with how how well our defence composed themselves. And if you even remember me saying to you actually during the game, I was actually getting some snippets back to our, our winning season in 2017. Yes, you're missing a couple of a couple of big mouths and uh, a couple of strong players. However, actually, I saw that drive and that fight that how we started in our 2017 season, a, a lot of kind of unknown players that hadn't gone out and proved their worth beforehand who came out and actually just played with fight. And that's what got us through the season in 2017. And yes, the results haven't gone our way completely over the last two games. Um, and I am going to blame the finger and put the finger down to our, um, our quarterback and our offensive coach, to be honest, because they're the ones that take us out the game. And maybe it's done on purpose because we desperately don't need these wins. These wins do absolutely no positive to our draft pick order because there's about five, six teams on two wins and it then gets messy from there on in because we don't know who's ranked worse and who would get the second overall pick or the third overall pick. Just quickly talking about picks, the Jets could pick up their first win this week. Um, really good chance of them to, to go out and get a win. I think they're playing the Chargers. So yeah. opportunity for them to go out and get a win this week. So um, fingers crossed for that also. But moving back onto the defence. So a couple of injuries to be slightly worried about. We've got some limited practices so far this week. So at the time of recording, which is Thursday evening, um, the last we heard was Josh Allen was limited practice yesterday. Sidney Jones was limited practice. CJ Henderson was also limited practice. However, we might be seeing Doug Costing coming back and playing for us this week. So a couple of issues in the secondary again. Hopefully they are just little niggles and they are precaution. Hopefully it doesn't mean that they're going to be out on Sunday, especially would be a huge miss and a huge loss if Sidney Jones was out this week. So for our defence, the key is, if, you know what, they need to just do what they did on Sunday and also what they did the week before. Um, iron out the penalties, which I say week in, week out, not allowing too many silly penalties and roughing the passers on offense, not allowing as many holding penalties because that brought back two touchdowns of Robinson's last week. Just no, no PI, silly PI calls, just not that standard sloppiness that we've been getting on occasions um, from the likes of CJ Henderson. But like I said on the show a couple of days ago, CJ Henderson did impress me quite a lot from the weekends. He, it was like he wanted to play and he wanted to fight throughout majority of the game and he played really well. We are going against, like you've already said, a lot of screens, um, a lot of short plays and a lot of short passes. Ben Rufflesberger is really good at doing that and he gets his tight ends involved really well. And when you watch the Steelers offense this week, 
They're the kind of offense we want our guys to be playing. We've got the exact same caliber of studs, in my opinion, on our offense to theirs. Uh, there's no reason as to why we can't play very similar to their game plan. Look at them. They're 9-0. They're playing lots of short slants, and then they can then let off one big dime for 60, 70 yards. We can do exactly the same. Juju Smith-Schuster, exactly the same as DJ Chark. LaVisca Chanel, a rookie, exactly the same as Claypool. You know, we look at, and arguably, well, not arguably, for sure, Robinson is better than James Connor as it stands right now. Our only problem being is obviously our quarterback situation and the way our coaches are obviously leading us to play the game. We need to get our tight ends involved a hell of a lot more. and I don't understand why we don't. I think there is an issue with James, James O'Shaughnessy this week, um, so it's likely just to be Tyler Eifert and um, potentially one of the uh, new rookie tight ends playing this week if uh, Shaughnessy is out. But that's what we need to do. So when we sit and watch the Steelers this week, we need to look at their offence. And when you compare the players, they're very similar to ours. Their offensive players are very similar to ours, obviously by the quarterback situation. And their O-line is obviously a little bit different as well. But when you actually look at the studs and the people that make the stats, it's similar to ours. So we need to be playing the way they play their game. But the way they play actually plays into our advantage a little bit because we have got the likes, obviously, Miles Jack, Joe Schobert, who are very good at stopping these short plays, very, very good at these um, like the zone marking around the front. And Miles Jack has obviously turned up a lot over the last few weeks. So the key for the defence this week is, like we keep on saying, just go out and get the stops early on to allow us to play our game. That is the key. Allow our offence to play the run game because Jake Luton is not going to have the confidence and is not going to have the time to be able to release and throw the ball about. He's six foot six. He's quite a tall guy. Um, and from what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, he is quite easy to catch as well. Um, I don't know if that's due to his size, his, size, his height, um, but it always seems to we always seem to see the defensive ends make a dive and just manage to get their hand on his ankle or his leg. Just doesn't seem to get away, which makes him completely different to the likes of who we've seen a couple of weeks back. So Deshaun Watson. So when you look at Deshaun Watson, we see he can kind of worm his way out of three guys surrounding him. Um, what we've seen from Jake Luton over the last two weeks, a guy could be three, four yards away from him and get a tap on his ankle and he's gone down. And he's out of the play. So that's what we need to do in our defence this week. Nothing different. No other changes from what we'd see, what we'd ask for any other week. But it is vitally important. Our defence does as much as they can to give our offence some time to actually play their game plan, which is hopefully going to be the run game as it's been outed this week, because that's what we need to do. We don't want to be going down early doors because we will resort to just passing and we will be resorting in doing lots of fourth down plays which doesn't look very good and doesn't look very pretty for us this season. Let's hopefully, fingers crossed, we keep them below a 30-point game. That's our aim because we've done that now for the last two weeks. So my my predictions for our defence this week and what I'm looking at, I think the Jaguars are actually going to hold the Steelers to under 100 rushing yards. I think that's pretty easy and pretty achievable. Gone for quite a safe bet there, in my opinion, <laughs> would. I do think that Ben Roethlisberger will throw for over 250 yards, though, especially with the likes if Sidney Jones does go out injured and doesn't play this week, or CJ Henderson. We can't afford to lose either, let alone you losing both of them. Um, I can see our leading tackler this week 
trusty old Miles Jack or Joe Schobert this week. I love saying Miles Jack every single week because it's it's a banker bet majority of the time, except for this week it was Sydney Jones. Um, but I can see Joe Schobert getting into the game a lot more this week as well. And it's going to be quite tight in that middle there between Miles Jack and Joe Schobert this week. Um, and finally, we'll go down to our score predictions. So let's start with you, Robson. What, what do you think the score is going to be this week? Well, as we just discussed off air, obviously, their their scores have been really close. I don't know if, if that's going to lead me into a false sense of security, but yeah, I'm, going to, I'm going to try and have a level head here because last week I got totally wrong and it wasn't a bad thing because they kind of shot me in terms of how it all went down. But um, yeah, I, I think as you touched on, just to touch on what you said there, I think the defence is going to be tricky for them, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we can really try to stuff the run. We've got much better at that, especially in the interior D-line. Devon Hamilton's been an absolute beast, so... Hopefully we can slow down Connor and, uh, and Benny Snell, which would be good. I'm going to go for a 34-17 Steelers at the weekend. Uh, I think I think the, like, it could be quite close. I think at the end, I think we we might just run out of steam effectively. I think the I think our offense could stall as soon as they kind of realize what we're trying to do uh, game plan wise. And I think they might just have too much power uh, for our defense. As we as, as you said there, some more complete performances, but there's also been a some individual errors, some silly things that have happened that have cost us in certain situations, whether that be penalties or anything like that. So I think overall, I think that's the way this sort of game is going to go. I'm going 34-17 to the Steelers. What about you, mate? Yep. So you're predicting 17 points for the Jags this week. That's very kind of you and very nice. <laughs> um, but hey, let's be honest, you admitted defeat there um, just a moment ago. We cannot predict this team this season. Um, it's very, very unpredictable on what we're going to do. I do know that we are going to go out and take the loss this week, though, so I can predict at least that much. But my score prediction is going to be 28-10 to the Steelers this week. So I think the Jags might punch in one touchdown and one field goal. I think that's the only scores we're going to get this week. So not very good. Looking quickly just at the bookies and what the bookies are saying at the moment, the Jags are going into this game as 10-point underdogs. Currently four to one to win this game on the money line, and they're predicting an under over score of around 46 points. So what the bookmakers are saying is the Steelers are going to go out and win this game 28-17. That's the bookmakers' prediction as such. They have to fill in line with the stats. So for anybody that is going to put a bet on, gamble responsibly. I'm not a bit responsible for any of that stuff. <laughs> Just have disclaimer so I don't get in trouble. I think it's Gamble Aware Week this week. I keep on getting notifications and seeing them online. So yeah, Gamble responsibly, everybody. But that does conclude my sort of predictions and our predictions for the day, for the week. What we'll do is I'll get these posted up, our predictions in a couple of days' time to not give any spoilers out for the podcast. Um, we'd love to hear everybody giving their prediction and what they think is going to happen. It's quite funny to see what we all predict and what the exact opposite happens on game day. But it's good to see that it's not just us that are getting the scores wrong every week. We don't claim to be any professionals or anything whatsoever. So that's that's concluding the podcast today. So it's been great to have you back on the podcast, Robson. Um, it's been good to actually speak to someone and not just look into a computer screen and look at my notes to myself. So it's been great to have a bit of interaction. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you to just close out, talk about our socials, and I'm going to say goodbye. Jeremy again, thank you very much for that, mate. It's been great to be back here. It's been great to talk some Jags football, although it does seem really bleak at the moment where we sit. But obviously, we try and be as positive as ever, which is great. Hopefully, I can get in a lot more. Obviously, personal equipment's obviously slowed down. I'll be able to get along a lot more. I do really enjoy it. So thanks for having us back, mate. Um, 
yeah, so in terms of the socials, if you do listen to the podcast, obviously you'll know where to find us. Obviously, Facebook and Twitter uh, is our most common use of social media. Uh, just check us out at Jags Across the Pond or J-A-T-P um, on both of those and you'll find us. Just going into uh, some more news, as uh, me and Jay both posted on our social media today, and obviously news being fairly quiet around the Jags at the moment. Um, in terms of the merchandise that me and Jamie have sorted out for the page, um, we've, we've had some great feedback from them, and obviously people purchasing them, which has been really great. Obviously, some of the ideas you guys have come back and said that you really do like. Um, obviously, just to remind you, we've got Minshew, Chanel and Shark, uh, various T-shirts. Also, can be done in hoodies, as I'm told by Jamie, which is great. And I think we're both going to try and get on to. So obviously, if there's, if there's anything you're looking for Christmas, something that's a little bit different, not too mainstream, or if there's anything that you would like, or if you've seen that you'd like to try and do for you, as long as we're as long as we're within the copyright laws and we're not we're not going to get any investigations or any any direct messages from anyone saying that we're going to get an absolute lawsuit against us, we'll be happy to try and get you um, something that'd be great for obviously for a loved one or for yourself or anything like that. So anything can be done in terms of shirts, hoodies, jackets for anyone, and obviously maybe for the whole family also as well. So obviously. Going into the Christmas period, two games over Christmas on the 20th and 27th, not a bad idea. Just do get in touch with the page, drop us a message, and we'll try and get back to you as quickly as possible. Uh, but obviously, it does have that. Glad to be back on the on the podcast. Hopefully, you're going to see some positivity coming out of Sunday, although it's a tough game. Uh, obviously, just great to have the football here obviously during this COVID time. Hope everyone stays safe, and we'll see you next time.